You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Court Today replay on C103. On the first day of February 2021 and a happy St. Bridget's Day to you. A day that many people, including my good self, see as the first day of spring. And if you follow the Celtic calendar, then it is the first day of spring. Others will say you're absolutely nuts mentioning spring on the first of February. Spring doesn't come anywhere near us until I think about the 20th of March. But we're running with winter is now behind us and this is uh, spring. And actually, I thought it was... And, and John Paul, I think, is putting this up on uh, a poll on social media, trying to get people's reactions uh, to this. Do you think today, St. Bridget's Day, should be a public holiday the same way that we take a day off for St. Patrick's Day on the 17th of February? Should we also be recognising St. Bridget's Day by having a public holiday? And one government TD, he's a TD from Kildare by the name of Martin Hayden, he believes that we don't have enough public holidays in this country and therefore he, he thinks we should have another public holiday and he thinks it should be uh, today. Now I also think he came out with a really nice idea around what we could do with St Bridget's Day as well, have a public holiday but use it as a memorial day for all those who have died as a direct result of uh, COVID-19 which I think is a really nice uh, touch and would be a nice add-on to a public holiday. So I know we're putting that up on social media if people want to have their talk and safety worth over the phone or by text or WhatsApp. Do you think St. Bridget's Day, should we be recognising it as a public holiday and should we, if it was a public holiday, well I wouldn't be at work, I don't work on public holidays, in order to get the bank holidays off, should we all be at home today, even though many would say Patricia, we are at home and that's what we're all been told to do at the moment. 1850 the same said John Paul, taking your calls there, you can text your WhatsApp to 0862 and certainly if February is looking a little bit brighter for our how many did we have? 20 winners across last week of the Coolmore Cake Hampers. And thank you to some people, some of our winners who are taking time out to send in photographs of the hampers. The hampers have started to uh, arrive and a lovely photograph of all of the cakes and they are just mouth-watering looking. Hi Patricia, just want to say a massive thank you for the beautiful hamper of cakes that my mom, Patsy O'Donoghue, Bally McKeera won from Coolmore Cakes last uh, week. Uh, the hamper 
Harper has gone down a treat and really brightened up lockdown for her, which is which is lovely. That's an added bonus to the winners who won the cakes. And then another photograph in of all of the cakes lined up on the table, and that's from JP in Carrigaline to say they their hamper arrived on uh, Saturday. Delicious is what JP in Carrigaline said. And of course, we have more comp- more a new competition that launched today, and that we will be running on the programme and it's to celebrate our new breakfast show with uh, Ken Tobin and at some stage during the programme today we will be playing Ken's Pure Cork Quiz I'll let you know when if you would if you do want to take part because I'm going to need you to text or WhatsApp me then one of our listeners will get a call back that listener will join me on air they'll answer three Cork questions you have to do it in 30 seconds and if you do it you will win 103 euro and we kicked it off this morning with Ken he played two rounds on the breakfast show this morning I'll play it again on this programme Nick will do it in the afternoon and so with Will Martina so we're going to have a little bit of fun with this Ken's Pure Cork Quiz but hold off on that one I'll let you know when you can contact us uh, to ring in and uh, take part And as I'm talking about spring and out of spring, it will lead to summer. And you would like to think that summer, once we get into summertime, that the picture when it comes to COVID-19 will be looking a little bit uh, different. And I know anybody in the tourism industry are really hoping and praying that things will change for them so that they might have some kind of a tourism season this year. And with that in mind, there is a little bit of good news coming from the tourism minister, Catherine Martin, who's saying every effort is going to be made to try to encourage some kind of tourism in uh, this uh, country. And uh, she is suggesting, uh, perhaps surprisingly, that 2021 need not be a total write-off for foreign visitors to Ireland. And I know when I first heard that Catherine Martin, as the Tourism Minister, was saying that, I was thinking, oh, Catherine, really, would, would we be encouraging people to come into this uh, country? But she's making the point that the National Vaccination Programme, that provides some hope for 2021 that we'll see the beginning of recovery, certainly for the tourism sector. Now, she says it won't happen uh, overnight. And uh, she is today announcing a new cash lifeline to small tourism projects and the Minister is insisting that tourists will want to return to Ireland but obviously they'll want to do it when the time is right and when the time is right she's making the point that in within the tourism sector we need to be ready to capitalise on the recovery because she reckons that when it comes it will come uh, quickly. Tourism has faced uh, and overcome. She's had many challenges in the past and she spoke about things like the ash cloud, the financial collapse in 2008, foot and mouth. Goodness me, tourism industry was decimated during uh, the foot, foot and mouth year. Um, and she says, you know, they will, they will come back again. So this new cash support that she's going to announce today will go to tourism entrepreneurs, self-starters and individuals, businesses who are not at the moment qualifying for any financial aid. And it's hard to believe that almost a year into the crisis that there are groups who are not getting any kind of a dig out at all from the government. I mean, they're talking about beneficiaries will include people like people who work as guides, tourist guides. They obviously have had no work uh, since March. Uh, Bike tours, surf schools, kayaking tours, angling boat operators, hop on off bus companies or actually any one of those kind of groups that add value to the overall industry. So what she's announcing today is a new 55 million euro fund. It'll also go to groups like who organise walking tours, 
guided tourism, anybody involved with equestrian experiences for tourism and also golf courses with a tourist offering. The Minister is going to be speaking at a Fall to Ireland virtual event called Survive to Thrive and that this bridging finance will be available to those looking for some light at the end of what has been a very, very dark tunnel for the tourism uh, industry and I'm very aware here in Cork, particularly in some of our very scenic areas, there are many, many businesses who are totally tourism related who have been decimated and you know to hear that many of those groups have absolutely no funding so there will be some bit of good news I imagine out of that announcement uh, today uh, because we're always scrambling around trying to find any bit of good news that we can and I know on Friday when we'd been talking about the fact that we were now into another period of lockdown until the 5th of March many people were asking when would non-essential retail when is that likely uh, to open would it be the 5th of March will hairdressers reopen on the 5th of March will me Hall Martin, our Taoiseach was speaking at the weekend and he's warning that non-essential retail unlikely to open on or after March the uh, 5th. March the 5th is the date that we are at the moment due to exit uh, level 5 but Micheál Martin said he was committed to the prolonged suppression of the virus and of course he was speaking yesterday as the latest figures uh, came out from on the number of new cases we had 1,247 new cases yesterday and 15 additional uh, deaths and for the first time in quite some time the numbers for Cork were under 100 so we'll take that as a glimmer of good news. Micheál Martin says the government will be having a series of meetings over the next while to deal with the medium term situation but he stressed that he saw education and construction as the immediate priorities and he says then the government would look at other sectors after that but let's get the schools back and let's get some kind of construction up and uh, running. He says I do not see a major reopening after the 5th of March. He said it's all going to depend on the numbers. He said we need to be conservative. We need to be cautious in terms of what we do after March 5th. Hospitality would likely have to wait longer for a wider vaccination of the population. Uh, He said, adding that he's been straight with people about the uh, rollout. And obviously there's so much talk and so much commentary in the papers today to do with the vaccine uh, rollout. And uh, they are, the government are still saying that a, they've, they've now changed it rather than everyone is going to be vaccinated by uh, September they're now saying a critical mass of the Irish people should be vaccinated by the autumn and that's despite the row that's been ongoing over AstraZeneca although last night it was expected they, there was an announcement that Ireland is to receive extra doses of the AstraZeneca an extra some are saying 90,000 others are saying 99,000 on top of the 300,000 so about 400 100,000 I think is what we can expect in the first wave of doses from AstraZeneca. Still down on what we were due to get but listen, we'll take every available vaccine that they will offer to us. Miguel Martin says he anticipated that May, June and July will be significant months of vaccination for the broader mass of the population but he does say the vaccinations remain a moving target. There's, we have to, he said, be careful in giving precise commitments around vaccinations because it all depends on supply. And in fairness to the government and to the HSC, as soon as the vaccines have been arriving this in this country, they have been put into the arm of somebody and obviously they're going to continue along that line. Even though GPs are coming out saying that they're already starting to get nervous about a lack of vaccines for the over 70s and they're fearful that it's going to cause turmoil 
as the supply is certainly not going to meet the demand and there is huge demand out there among older people to get the vaccine. And I know I was reading from one County Mayo GP, a doctor by the name of Dr Ken Egan and he said he's been contacted by many of his colleagues and he says that their practices are already inundated with calls from older people about the vaccine and I'm sure it's probably the same for GP practices here in Cork. People just want to get the vaccine and we, we know particularly for the over 70s, it's the GP is going to administer the vaccine. So, of course, as soon as people heard that, they're picking up the phone and they're speaking to their doctor saying, when am I getting my uh, vaccine? The Irish Medical Organisation said it will take 12 weeks to fully vaccinate all of the over 85s. And they're the first group of older people who are going to be offered. It's a two-shot vaccine and it will be some time. Again, it depends who you're reading, where you're reading, where you're getting your information from. Uh, It could be as early as next week right through to the end of February but GPs really are afraid that the shortage of vaccine will cause a little bit of chaos within their practice and could lead to some tension between patients and doctors because you could see patients who have maybe a very long standing relationship with their doctor can you know not being able to understand why they're not getting the vaccine first and maybe their neighbours after getting it and why am I not after getting it and you certainly don't want rows or disagreements between patients and their doctors and actually the first step ads for the over 85s. They appeared, they started appearing in yesterday's papers and actually I've got a copy of it here. They're in. They're all in today's papers as well. And like the, it, it's clearly, this is um, an, an ad that's gone in about the COVID-19 vaccine to say COVID-19 vaccines are underway. And they're, they're saying if you're aged over 85 or more, you will be offered a free COVID-19 vaccine. You don't need to register in advance. As soon as your vaccine is available, your GP will let you know. And that's the ads, as I say, and that's been pitched at the over 85. So don't call the doctor when your doctor has your vaccine ready for you. They will they will contact you. It is expected supplies of the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine, the first of which are due to arrive next week, will only amount to about 285,000 doses in February and March. And that's down. They had hoped that in the first two months that there would be about 600,000, I think was what was expected. So it certainly is is down. But listen, as I say, if it is half of what was expected, we will certainly take that, that half. But it isn't going to be enough to do all of the over 70s, certainly not in the first two months, because there are 50,000 people over the age of 70 in this country. And that includes 81,000 over 85. They're going to be the first to get it. Then the next group that will get it will be the 80 to 84s. There's 90,000 in that group. And then between the, the rest of the group then is made up of um between 70 and uh, 79 so they will be the last of that group so they certainly if if it, if those figures are to be believed and we only only and if we get 885 thousand doses for February and March and certainly over all of the over 70s it doesn't look like are going to be vaccinated in the first uh, two months but then my hope is that there will be then a glut of vaccines will start to uh, arrive once we get into the summer months May, June, uh, July so it is really a waiting game. David in Holly Hill has been on to us when I was talking about today is the 1st of February Happy St Bridget's Day and it's to me it's the start of spring wants to point out that this month of February 
February will never come in our lifetime again and he explains why. This year February has four Sundays, four Mondays, four Tuesdays, four Wednesdays, four Thursdays, four Fridays and four Saturdays. This happens only once every 823 years and it's called money bags. So do I assume from that if it only happens once in every 823 years? I'm going to have to look into that more. That's an incredible um, piece of information David and I'm not in any way doubting you. Thank you, for the, thank you for that piece of information. So do I take it if it's called money bags? It must be deemed a lucky month. We're going to take it as a lucky month for all. So thank you for sharing that uh, with us uh, David. And someone else says when I mentioned it was the first day of spring. Pat says Patricia what a beautiful day it is and as you say it is the first day of spring I opened the window this morning to hear the birds uh, sing and it would lift your spirits we are going to beat this virus all will be grand in a short while God bless and stay safe that's a that's the good positive attitude Pat thank you for that and thank you for people are still sending in calls to say that their Coolmore cake hampers arrived and in Bandon says big thank you for running the Coolmore cakes competition last week and congratulations to Coolmore on their 25th anniversary also a huge thank you to the guy who delivered our beautiful hamper in the pouring rain on Friday night I have no idea who was delivering the hamper because thank you for that Anne and enjoy the cakes because somebody else sent in a picture of the cakes saying Patricia thank you so much for the fabulous cakes I don't know where I didn't know where to start so I decided I'd start uh, says Helen on the coffee and walnut as a good choice and she said it was amazing thanks again and also to the little child who delivered it with his daddy on Saturday it made my day I don't know who the delivery people were for, for Coolmore and that came from Helen Metelko in Ballyhay enjoy those cakes 185333 3103 Jump All takes your calls. Court today on C103 with Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. Egfoilemach Quiddenanihe is Farlin. Shaitsroer C103 Air Kirkig. Is there in Devil Yaston Gahiraho Elizabeth Fort? Agasterter Gwicha or Chandos Nasampli is Far, the Rune Reltochrohoch, on Shachtu Hishdiak. Kigger Atogoche Harnablianta, Hogalord on Dun on Giatlaw Ria Fos Lefeshkint, Atogoch, a Dusporde, Sivlian Shadiak Sahayan, when Sultas Rarkana Untocha Erchahar Kurki, O Ali Nununta, Agastok Truss, Hunfalum Festaran Duin, Agas Nakaharach. Now, throughout this pandemic, many people have stepped up to the mark to help out. And my first guest this morning, certainly in my opinion, went above and beyond the call of duty. Amy Brennan is from Ballancolic. She's a final year medical student at UCC and she volunteered to help out at the emergency room of Cork University Hospital at the peak of the pandemic. And uh, Amy joins me to share her experience. Good morning to you, Amy. Good morning, Patricia. How are you today? Well, I'm very well, uh, thank you. Now, this started out, I'm told, as a two-week stint of volunteering at CUH, but it continued for six months. That's it. That's it. So it was very much last year. Um, I had been previously involved with doing some research with the emergency department. Um, so I just sent a quick text in to say if they needed anything. Um, and so they initially just wanted me to come in and help set up uh, but I'm very, very difficult to get rid of. So it <laughs> turned into a six-month stint of, um, it was a paid position. Um, so it was, I was haunted. They were really, really good and looked after me so well. So I was delighted to be offered the position inside there. And it, I, I have many medical and nursing students taken up positions like that? Um, well, so I suppose mine was a bit of a 
a bespoke position. Um, there would have been a lot of nursing students in uh, doing healthcare assistant work um, and they really kept the place going. Um, the work that they were putting in was Trojan. Um, my specific job with kind of organising and setting up the COVID centre um, would have been, I would have been the only one in doing that. What was it like to be in the emergency department, particularly at the height of the pandemic? Oh, it was, you know, it was just such a unique experience. It really was, especially at the start, it was quite terrifying. No one really knew much about the virus. It was a very unknown entity. And um, so to be in kind of seeing it day in, day out and learning as doctors and the nurses were learning, it was definitely eye-opening. Um, but I'm really, really appreciated that I did have that experience because, you know, there's things that I learned in the everyday workings of a department that I'll carry with me for the rest of my career. That you can never learn in a book. That's it, exactly. It's kind of just been hands-on. You know, simple things like learning how to change a patient or learning how to wash a patient. Things that we would never, ever do on placement, but they're so important. And without them, the hospital would fall apart. Um, And the nurses and healthcare assistants, especially inside the emergency department, were fantastic for helping me to kind of learn those sorts of things. And have you a greater respect now for the staff that work there? Oh, absolutely. I think it's kind of everyone, especially going to college and you come out and you graduate and people can get a very big head about themselves. But it was really lovely experience to learn how small a cog I will be. Um, and you kind of see how the doctors and nurses work with healthcare assistants. But then there's also the porters and radiographers, housekeeping staff, administration. And it's without, if you missed one of them, the whole thing would collapse. So it really is. It's a huge teamwork. Yeah. And seeing everyone pulled together is just incredible. Yeah. And did you see a lot of very sick people, Amy? I suppose you would. And the uh, the unique thing about the emergency department is you were getting in all the sick COVID patients. But it was also open for business for anything else that was happening. People traumas and, you know, other infections and other illnesses. So I suppose it was seeing how they were able to take an already very, very busy department and step up to the increased requirements that COVID gave. Um, was, you know, that was the kind of real eye-opener to me that, the work that is possible uh, when the team pulls together. Were you fearful of picking up COVID? I suppose everyone was, really. Um, the only thing I'll say is that the management side there, they always made sure that we were fully informed. So even in the early days when information was changing day on day, every morning there'd be a huddle. So we were catching the loop. So even though it was a very scary situation, I never felt personally scared because we were very well protected and very well informed, as well as we could have been, you know, in, yeah. in the times. And did anyone while you were there, did anybody get pick up COVID? Um, there would have been a couple of people picking it up, but thankfully there was no one very, very sick with it. Good, um, I good. suppose that was everyone's fear, and it's still everyone's fear, because um, it is such an unknown virus that we don't we don't know who, who gets it badly or not. But it, it is kind of good to have a little bit of hope with the vaccine starting to come in. Because um, it is definitely, even when I got my vaccine, I felt a, a huge sigh of relief, even that it's kind of a sign things are changing, sign, sign, a start to the end. Yeah, it's funny. Everyone, that, anyone that I have spoken with who have been uh, who've received the vaccines already talk about it's it's such a, almost a monumental day. It's a day people are not going to forget. There was almost I know in a lot of the nursing homes, it was almost a day of celebration when the That's when it. the vaccinators arrived. That's it, because I think especially the last couple of months, even the strongest minded of people, you know, it, it, the days roll into one. It's like Groundhog Day. Um, <laughs> so it is kind of lovely to have that little bit of, uh, it, it felt like a very definite turning point um, on the day that I did get it. Now, we still have a long way to go, but it definitely yeah. is, you know, we have to take the little wins. 
we're on the road, we're on the road. And Amy, when patients arrive in to the A&E department, particularly those who've been diagnosed with uh, COVID, are they scared? course and I think it's only natural it's in human nature to be scared um you know it's I think it's especially if it's just you hear the news and you see the news and it's all like there's a lot of kind of just fear been put out into the world um and understandably so it's a very it's a very scary disease but the staff inside it's something that I don't think I've quite honed yet but um seeing the nursing staff and the doctors and how they can just settle the patients how they can reassure them and how they can give them fantastic support um, so I think people are coming in scared, but they're, they're being looked after as well inside there. That's great. And of course, it's so difficult at the moment. In, in, in normal times, you'd have a family member with you when you'd, yeah. be, when you'd be admitted, whereas none of that. And that, I think that just adds to people's fear and, and the difficulty of, of the whole situation. Do you think now, once you qualify, Amy, that emergency medicine might be for you? Oh, 100%. I think I'll be banging down the doors to get back in the second I graduate. It's just, I think after a couple of months inside there, I'd be kidding myself and everyone else if I even pretended that there was anything else on my radar. Definitely emergency medicine that that I'll be pursuing. And was it always what you wanted to do? It was always up there. That I had a couple of options, but um, I would have been in the Red Cross since I was nine. So oh, yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> it was kind of, it was always the trajectory I was heading on. But I think I um, I wasn't letting myself be definite. But now there's, there's no doubt in my mind. So you were the little girl when you were, when you, when everyone went out to play, you wanted to do doctors and nurses, was it all the That's time? That's it. That's it, exactly. <laughs> and my poor brothers, I think, were fed off of me by the time I was 10. So they, <laughs> they, <laughs> they were the ones being bandaged up at, at every turn. Stand there now and I'll put a bandage on you. And, <laughs> and, 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 and Camille, you've been recognised for your work with a scholarship. Yeah, so I was, oh, completely on it. It was, it took me by surprise, but I was delighted um, to be offered the Quirkus Scholarship. Um, so it was actually based on the academic achievements from last year's summer exams. Um, but it was kind of, it came at a lovely time. It's brilliant. It's kind it's of brilliant. A, both have been celebrating together. But I, I'm so appreciative to the College of Medicine and Health for having chosen me to, to receive the scholarship. So you're into your final year now, is it? I am, I am. So what does, what, 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 where will you be this year and what's the format for this year? This year, we basically spend a month in all the different sections of medicine. So I've done medicine and surgery and GP already. Um, I'm currently on my paediatrics, so I've snuck away from the ward in the Mercy Hospital um, to take your call. And then for the rest of the year, it'll just be studying and trying to keep the head down before exams. And then come July, we'll be put out into our intern year. And will you then be Dr. Amy Brennan? I will be. Well, hopefully, I have to pass the exams first. Yeah, and you will f- listen. You you will fly through the through the exams. And is is paediatrics lovely? Very different to ER, I imagine. It's very different, but you know it's lovely. And again, seeing how the nurses and doctors interact with the kids and can calm a screaming child down to playing and giggling, it's just you know there's it, again these skills you can't learn in books. Yeah. Um, so it's lovely to be in and seeing it. Well, Camille, you're a credit to your profession, you're a credit to your family and you will make an outstanding doctor. And I really believe that the world is a safer place with people like you in it. So you look after yourself. It's important that you mind yourself as well. And thank you so much for taking time out to talk to us. Thank you so much for talking to me, Patricia. Good morning to you. Bye bye. Bye bye. That is uh, Amy uh, Brennan, uh, a young uh, final year medical student from uh, Ballancolic. We really do wish her well in the rest of her career. But I really do feel when you get people like that with that kind of spirit about her and you know she saw a need jumped in and 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 took up that position at a very 
scary and difficult time for everybody in the medical profession. So well done uh, to Amy. 1850-333-103. John Paul taking your calls. You can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. To celebrate C103's brand new breakfast show, we're giving away thousands of euros. Thousands of euros. Ken's Pure Cork Quiz is your chance to win free cash on C103. Answer three Cork questions in just 20 seconds to win 103 euro. And stay listening across the day because there's loads of chances to play. Your Cork Quiz. Stay listening on your phone, smart speaker and radio for your chance to grab the cash. Free cash. Only on C103. Now last week, Professor Luke O'Neill, the Trinity College immunologist, says now is the time for the Irish government to bite the bullet and introduce widespread COVID-19 antigen testing. He believes it will be a fantastic weapon against coronavirus. Fianna Fáil MEP Billy Kelleher is also calling for a rollout of the antigen uh, testing and uh, he joins me on the line from Brussels to explain more. Good morning to you, Billy. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, Billy, and before we get to the antigen uh, testing, can I just take you back to what happened in the EU on uh, Friday night and has the European Commission, have they now learned serious lessons when they decided to to trigger, try to trigger Article 16 of the Brexit Withdrawal Agreement? Well, you would certainly hope so. I mean, look, the, the Brexit Withdrawal Agreement um, was a very contentious issue. And in terms of the discussions on the island of Ireland, you know, uh, the Northern Ireland Protocol, uh, was inserted into that particular agreement. And that was done for a number of reasons to ensure that we have no hard border on the island of Ireland. So Article 16, by its very essence, is a, a political article in many ways uh, to ensure that the Good Friday Agreement is underpinned, which would allow uh, free movement of goods and services between north and south, and that there will be no customs or um, or, or any trade barriers between uh, the two jurisdictions on the island. And then the idea was equally that, look, any teething problems in terms of the difficulties between Northern Ireland and Great Britain would be resolved over a period of time. But, you know, by triggering Article uh, 16, certainly the Commission did uh, untold damage uh, in terms of, you know, ramping up uh, people's perceptions of the protocol and the Article uh, 16 and the impact that it's having on... Uh, movement of goods between Britain and Northern Ireland. So it, it, it has politicised it again, unfortunately, at a time uh, when we were hoping that we could just get it bedded down to the point where, you know, any teething problems that were causing difficulties in Northern Ireland... Uh, could have been sorted could, out. Yeah. yeah and and, and I think... All, so it is disappointing. I, I think also, you know, the fact that our own Taoiseach, Micheál Martin, saying he was blindsided by what happened, that he hadn't been given any advanced noticed by the EU. That in itself was shocking. Yes, well, I mean, look, the, the entire uh, apparatus of the European Union in terms of the Council and uh, the Parliament were completely blindsided. This was an internal Commission decision. They're the ones that would be obligated to do it. But if you look at the Article 16 and, um, you know, how you trigger it, there is meant to be discussion. It's mm. meant to be, you know, debated. It's meant to go before a joint committee. There's meant to be discussions around this particular issue. Obviously, this happened on the Friday last. It was decided by the Commission to invoke Article uh, 16, without any discussions either with the, the Taoiseach, the political groupings in Northern Ireland, 
or the UK Prime Minister as well. And equally as importantly, from our perspective here in the Parliament, uh, we have a joint committee. We have members on that on that uh, joint committee uh, to oversee uh, the workings of the agreement between the UK and the European Union. And we weren't told either. Well, okay. I was, I'm not in that committee, but the parliamentary members weren't told. So overall, it was very badly handled. And we have to find out why this is the case, because, you know, this was just done for vaccines. But like if we have a commission that, you know, can invoke Article 16 whenever it feels like it, uh, it is just a very dangerous precedent, in my view, because it undermines the concept of what we're trying to achieve on the island as well. Well, hopefully, as I said at the outset, hopefully lessons can be learned from it and that it never happens again. Okay, let, let me go back to the antigen test, which we invited you on on the programme for. Now, Billy, this is not the first time you've called on the government to introduce this, ty- this type of testing regime. Why do you personally believe that it's, it's important? Well, look, I, I believe from uh, what we're trying to do, is, which is to drive down the numbers of uh, COVID-19 infections across the, the, the community. Uh, it is still a challenge out there. So, I mean, every uh, particular weapon in the arsenal that we can use to fight uh, the pandemic should be used. So we're in a vaccination program. Now we're doing the most vulnerable groupings, uh, frontline healthcare workers. And over a period of time, that will broaden out into, into society. But we will still have outbreaks. We will still have, uh, you know, people moving in out of the country. And I just think that while the PCR test is the most accurate test, because that tests from a time... Uh, and, you know, identifies a person from the time they have contracted it to the time that they are no longer infectious. The antigen testing test is slightly different. It only identifies while you're infectious. In other words, when you actually can transmit. But I do believe that it should be used in conjunction with PCR testing. So, for example, if you had a major outbreak in an area uh, and you wanted to rapidly ta- test either in a, a congregated setting where you had uh, groups of people, like in a nursing home, or in a school facility, or in a factory, that you could move in quickly, do your antigen testing, identify people who are infectious immediately. Bear in mind, you have the results back in 15 minutes. Mm. Uh, you can also PCR uh, test as well, but that is more expensive and more cumbersome. And I just believe it should be used in conjunction, not as a replacement. Is it's it being successfully used, used in other countries? Well, look, the World Health Organization uh, recommend that it should be used in conjunction with testing and tracing and with PCR, with social distancing and all the other guidelines. But in Ireland, for some reason, we have just completely uh, dismissed the concept of uh, using antigen testing as part of our arsenal against the fight against uh, the pandemic. Uh, And uh, I'm not quite sure why, uh, but like if you look at over Christmas uh, into the new year, you know, we had to um, abandon the uh, tracing element because, and the testing and tracing element because it'd be just, you know, we had been snowed under in terms of the numbers of people contacting the authorities, uh, looking for testing, and then the tracing was just... In a, in a case like that, I believe antigen testing could become complementary. In other words, there was an outbreak in an area or in a family home even, for example, and you couldn't test and trace everybody that had been in contact uh, with the PCR. At least the antigen could identify initially a few people who are infectious and then you could isolate those and then you could do a broader uh, PCR test on others as well. And what's the cost cost like on them and and how do you take the test? Well, it's a swab like, um, it's a swab test like uh, the PCR test but it only identifies uh, while the person is infectious. Uh, It's very cheap. I mean, 
you know, you know I, you can see that they can be bought 12 for 150 euros. I'm quite sure if you were bulk buying, you could get them for an awful lot less yeah. and you could have the result within 15 minutes. So I think it would just be complimentary and it would, it would allow the authorities uh, to have um, you know, more testing uh, when there is a potential out- or when there is an outbreak identified. And um, now I, I have noticed in their more recent commentary, uh, Neffet and others are beginning to mention that antigen testing uh, could be or should be looked at. But the world, like, I, I, I'm, the reason I'm raising this is because, you know, I've looked at the, the literature. Uh, I'm not interpreting the literature. I'm just relaying what experts are saying in terms of the World Health Organization and even in the European uh, Centre for Disease Control and the European Commission. They're all saying it should be used as, as part and parcel. So if you had a major outbreak uh, in, a, in a factory setting, or in a setting where you have a lot of people uh, congregated, well, you could win. You could rapidly test. Yeah, and get in there and identify the ones uh, that are. Yeah, that are infectious. Yeah, infectious, but, but possibly not I showing any them. symptoms. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I, I think you're right, and I think your, your, your phrasing is right. It's, a, it's another weapon in the arsenal, and anything we can put into that arsenal, we should be thrown into it. You see, yes, I mean, like, Patricia, we're, we're nearly at the cusp of, of getting to the stage where, you know... Um, we will be able to go back to normality. So, like, you'd be hoping by the middle of the summer that there will be some element of normality creeping back into society. But what we don't want is to end up with a second lockdown in in, in 2021 or even a third lockdown uh, into the summer. So, like, we are in a very challenged position now. The figures are coming down. There's good public compliance. And what we want to do is to try and unwind this lockdown in a, in a manner that won't have an increase in the number of COVID cases again where we're forced to lock down again in, in April or May uh, before the vaccines take, uh, you know, allow us to unwind. Uh, nobody wants COVID-19. that, for sure. For sure uh, nobody and wants that. Certainly is just, okay. uh, and like, we, we, like I know people are complaining about the vaccines and I, I've been very critical as well of the European Commission in terms of the rollout. But, you know, Pfizer-BioNTech have announced now that they are going to increase capacity. So there should be an extra um, 800,000 plus uh, vaccines available to Ireland in the second quarter and hopefully other vaccines will be approved as well. So while, you know, they were slow and a little tardy initially and the criticism was justified, uh, you know, companies and the European Union or the European Commission are responding uh, to that criticism and bringing forward a creative ways of manufacturing additional vaccines okay. like use for companies and things like that. So okay, look, on that, uh, on that positive note. Of spring, so yeah. spring... Uh, <laughs> Yes, indeed. We'll, we'll end on the positive note. Listen, thank you for the that, uh, Bill, uh, Billy, and uh, stay safe. And thanks for joining us. Uh, good morning thank to you. you. Bye bye. Good morning to you. That is uh, MEP uh, for the South, uh, Billy Kelleher, joining us live on the line from Brussels. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Lots and lots of texts and calls coming in and I'll get to uh, all of uh, your uh, texts. Firstly, just one on on St. Bridget's Day. Happy St. Bridget's Day, says this sister. I thought this was something I really had to share with you. I was out walking yesterday. It was within my 5K and there was a young guy out picking litter. He's a student. It was lashing rain and he had a bag filled to the top when we came upon him. I think he deserves a mention. It's a pity more young people are not like this guy and that's from Eileen. Now I don't know who this young chap is and I don't know where Eileen is texting from but whoever that young lad is out litter picking at the best of times is a a tough thing to do but to be out litter picking in the lashing rain 
is even tougher. So well done to that uh, young lad. John uh, from Liam Lara has contacted the programme. Good morning to you, John. Good morning, Patricia. You were in Yall yesterday to have your NCT. They're working on Sundays now, are they as well? Yeah. Oh, they are. The appointment was a quarter past 11. Okay, what happened to you? And there was six of us waiting to go in. And we stand outside in the rain. Now, I don't think that's good enough. You're paying for your licence. Six of us shouldn't have been there, number one. You know? Did you all have an appointment for the same time? It looked like it. And we know from the NCT you're not allowed to go into the building where Correct. before you 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 could sit in the waiting room. Correct. But because of social distancing, you have Correct. to wait outside. Yeah. But I mean, why can't they uh, have uh, some kind of wish along a- outside? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's OK on a fine day. Exactly. And don't you all, it's not a fine day. You're still with the sea breeze. And it wasn't a fine day anywhere uh, yesterday. <laughs> they should have some kind of a, a like an awning put up or a, like a marquee or, you know, something. And is there space there? Would they, they be able to put up some kind of a, a shelter? It would, of course, run along by the side of the building. The same as the supermarket cell by Nobles, Milton, anyway, Super Valley and Milton, the Grand Shelter, uh, where you queue along. Yeah, yeah, a number of a number of Super Values are doing that, all right. Yeah, and you've um, two metres distancing. No problem. Well, do you know what? We, we'll send off an email to NCT and uh, just just because, you know, we, we don't, it's, it's different if we find weather, but even in the middle of summer, you can get a day where it'll be lashing out of the heavens. And exactly. How can you expect people just, and you, ha- you have to, how long were you waiting? In total? minutes. Oh, for God's sake. Were you saturated? Talk. Oh, Talk. God. And then you have to get back in the car and drive home. Yeah. Listen, thanks for highlighting that, John. Stay safe. Yeah. And did the car pass? No, I failed. Oh, God, you were <laughs> ready. I failed and a, and a dim light, very simple thing. I put it failed anyway. You'll have to go back with that, will you? Yeah, just... I'll be booked in for Little Island and I'll come back to Yall again. Oh, and hopefully it'll be a fine day the day you go back with it. Look yeah. after yourself, John. Okay, Take care. Bye-bye. 1850 333 We'll send an email off to NCT just to, just to point that out to them because I know we've mentioned that on behalf of NCT to let people know that if they are going, you can't wait in the waiting room anymore because of COVID. And that's understandable. They don't want strangers all sitting beside each other. You don't know who has COVID and who doesn't have COVID. But to expect people on a very wet, miserable day to stand outside for anything up to 25 minutes does seem a little bit unfair. So we'll see if they can come up with some kind of an awning or something for these people. And I'm, I'm assuming while well, John has highlighted, John isn't the only one that it's happened to. 1850 Hi Patricia, just received this message by text and I'm wondering if it's a scam. Don't think I've ordered anything lately. It says, hi there, your parcel has been held at our shipping centre. Please follow instructions here. No, I would, I would not be clicking on that link for love nor money and if it's a genuine parcel let them contact you by phone let them make contact somewhere else but no and particularly when you say you're not expecting anything in the post so no I would absolutely 100% think that that is a scam just delete it and actually staying on post there was a text in if I can find it here here it is from Anne in Ballantemple to say Patricia 
the miracle of Christmas. My packages have arrived in Berlin to my daughter and my grandchildren. They were delighted and so was I because I'd really given up hope that they were ever going to arrive. That was Anne who sent her packages back on the 10th of December and she'd been sending us regular texts before Christmas when we were talking about delays in postal services and everyone had a story to share. Sure, I even had my own story. I sent off the packages to Australia and I got them away, I think the first week in November, by certainly the 10th of November by the latest. I had the parcel for the kids for Australia so they'd have them plenty of time for Christmas and they arrived. Now they arrived the week after Christmas. Now it turned out it brought a great bit of fun in the household because it would have been swamped with all the stuff that they would get at Christmas so it was a nice distraction after Christmas. I think it arrived it was that week between Christmas and New Year arrived on New Year's Eve actually because one of the little outfits that I'd sent in the post appeared up on social media because the little one wanted to wear it that night heading out. Uh, and of course in Australia they were heading out because they had a near near as normal New Year's Eve ones that we can only dream about having but yeah but there's delays there's delays in this country but there's delays in every country and it's all to do with the pandemic and it's all to do with the fact that we are buying worldwide we are buying so much online so there is just the additional pressure that has been put on the postal service and our courier companies so just it's fantastic what's worse is is when you sit and they're thinking has it been lost in the post is it never going to arrive so well done and I'm thrilled to hear that it arrived uh, safely and no doubt all the family are having fun with all the, the, the goodies the nice goodies that Granny sent on from uh, Ireland stay safe um, on February the 1st becoming a public holiday remember I started the programme by mentioning this it's a County Kildare TD reckons that St Bridget's Day we don't have enough public holidays he feels in this country so we should have an extra one and he feels it should be St Bridget's Day and he says that it should be used as a national commemoration to remember all those who died from uh, Covid when a listener uh, says on the first being a public holiday to remember those who died from uh, COVID I don't feel it would be a very uh, I feel it would be inappropriate I know any loss of life is sad but why do why, if we're going to have a proposed public holiday and you want to dedicate it then dedicate it to those who lost their lives through suicide and the large number of people who have been cloaked in darkness of anxiety and depression and show them that they, have the, that they have the support of the nation and they have not been uh, forgotten about. So there's another uh, suggestion if we do go down that route of it being a public holiday and dedicating it to, in memory of uh, somebody, in, in memory of a group, someone's saying do it for uh, suicide. And actually thank you Michael in Castletown Bear who's scratching his head as indeed I am. To the listener who contacted us earlier I need to look into this and I'll do it when I get off air David and Holly Hill who was saying that this is a very special February because of there's the four days of the week and that it's called a money bags month and it only happens once every 823 years. Michael makes the point but there's 28 days in February Patricia so surely every year there's four of everything. Am I missing something in my old age? <laughs> Says Michael, I'm scratching my head on it as well. I can't work it out either. And I read it out and I was, you know, I, I read it and said, oh, there's a bit of good news to share. And then I said, well, well. and then I was thinking, OK, on the, like last year was the leap year, it was the 29th. So there was, there was the additional day. So there was a five. But I've already looked at the calendar for next year, say for February uh, 2022. 
And there's four Mondays, four Tuesdays, four Wednesdays, four Thursdays, four Fridays, four Saturdays, four Sundays. So I don't quite understand where Dave in Holly Hill is coming from, but let, leave it with me, Michael, and I'll look into it. I'll, I'll do more research on it a little bit uh, later on. And John Images does. Morning, Patricia. Luke, President Luke O'Neill said, we'd all be back in beer gardens in, in June. If so, that does that mean that all pubs will be open and there'll be no rules for anyone? No, it doesn't, because I heard Luke O'Neill further expand on that point. He's, he literally was saying beer gardens. He literally was saying outdoor spaces, outdoor dining. And he even said if it is to happen in June, the tables would all be spaced two metres apart. It was outdoor dining uh, was what he was actually talking about. Anyway, John isn't much hopeful that we will be back to normal. He says, looks like there'll be no Thurlis or Gaelic grounds or Porky Grief. No games for this summer. Uh, it's soul uh, destroying. Honestly, says John, I have, it feels to me like 2021 is going to be a, a write-off, not uh, not feeling the love, not feeling that the, the vaccines are going to get here in time so that we will all be able to lead some kind of a near-to-normal life. I think even with vaccines, it's going to take a lot of the nation to be vaccinated before life will get back to the way it was before the pandemic. At one stage they were talking about if 70% of the population were vaccinated we could live a normal life but then at the weekend I read a piece that that's changed it's now gone to 85% of the population would need to be vaccinated for a near normal life and that's got to do with the new strains that are coming out all of the time and that isn't that all the more reason why we, we should be heading for zero COVID in this country and then lock the country down and keep any new strains out. John and Carrigaline says, uh, Patricia, it's a pity Micheál Martin didn't listen to Dr Tony Houlihan's advice and instead I feel let us all into the eye of the storm back in December and the same goes for the Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly. I think there is a bit of cat and mouse going on between Tony Houlihan and Stephen Donnelly or is it just a power trip, ponders John. You wouldn't have to be the sharpest chisel in the box to figure out who the mouse is. It's grand for Stephen Donnelly and Micheál Martin to be gambling with human lives. Uh, it's a total disgrace. Tony Houlihan should be, I would put Tony Houlihan forward next for Taoiseach. He would buy and uh, sell them all, says John in Carrigaline. Hi Patricia, could you please clarify, is if it is deemed essential, you're a child minding for a family member. It's about an hour drive from where I live. Can you go beyond your 5K? I really am unsure about it if it is for child minding uh, reasons. You can travel outside your 5K, they say, for vital family reasons, such as providing care to children or the uh, elderly. So you can do that if it's if it's but they say if it's vital family reasons i remember back in an earlier lockdown a grandmother getting stopped going across the county bounds and when she was stopped by the guard there to say what are you doing and she said I'm going over to our Mary's to do a spot of babysitting and the guard that said to her go back in your car ring Mary and tell Mary to get a babysitter closer to home I think she was about a 20, kilo- 20 kilometre drive away so sort of babysitting wasn't babysitting for a night out it was back in the time when you could go out wasn't deemed essential family reasons but if it's an essential reason that nobody has to mind the children then absolutely you can travel outside of your 5k 
And Michael in Bantry says, Patricia, did you put a white cloud cloth under the bush last night for St Bridget's Day and Michael I didn't and I had great plans I was looking up all the St Bridget's Eve tradition I even had a piece of cake I was going to put on the windowsill which seemed to be because I want to do everything that I can to bring luck and positivity into my house and into my world this year and should didn't I get exhausted and went to bed and forgot to put the cake out and forgot to put out the white cloth as well but I'm sure the white cloth I also and somebody can correct me on this I think I also put it out on May Eve. I have this white cloth in a drawer and I'm sure it goes out on May Eve as well. But no, I didn't get it out for St. Bridget's Day. But I am the very proud owner of a St. Bridget's Day cross that hangs just above my front door. And it was made many, 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 many years ago by uh, Mary Crowley, who will be well known in the Mallow Noop Tupot House area. She was a former primary school uh, teacher and a great maker of St. Bridget's Day crosses. And she gave me one a number of many, many years ago. And I put it up and I've left it up and it remains in place. And I always feel it just adds a little bit of extra safety uh, to the house. And I'm wondering, did many people, because it's the eve of St. Bridget's Day, really, that you make the St. Bridget's Day crosses. I saw a couple of people on social uh, media, Deputy Michael Moynihan. So Michael Moynihan with his children and it looked lovely. They were sitting around the kitchen table and they were making St. Bridget's Day crosses. So I don't know if many people did that over the weekend as well. So that tradition, and it is a lovely tradition, it still looks like that's out there. I don't know if it's wide, wide, widely out there. Schools would have got involved in that, but obviously with the children not being in school, there wouldn't have been any making it in school this year. But no, Michael, unfortunately, the white cloth didn't make it out under the bush. 1850-333-103. John Paul taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp 0862. 103 103 C103 Jobs The Bonsacour Hospital in Cork they're recruiting for a stenographer it's to join their top team in the radiography department Catering assistant slash pizza chef wanted two years experience please in the food industry is required it's for work in Bishopstown Alps in Mill Street they're looking for a HR slash health and safety administrator and Irish Yogurts in Clam, they've got vacancies for general operatives. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. cmig.ie. By the way, today is the first day of playing Ken's Pure Cork Quiz to celebrate our brand new breakfast show here on uh, C103 and if you want to take part you need to text our WhatsApp your name and address now. Uh, we'll leave it open for about 10 minutes and then we will select somebody to come on air and join me to answer three Cork questions but you need to text or WhatsApp first your name and address to 0862 103 103. Get texting on that please. Now while we all try to stay safe as we live through this pandemic many people have the additional worry of debt and finding themselves under financial pressure. So to offer words of advice and to highlight that the money advice and budgeting service is still operating uh, during the restrictions. I'm joined by Money Advisor with the North Cork Mabs and that's Donal O'Mahony. Good morning to you, Donal. Morning, Patricia. And how, I'm very well, uh, thank you. Now, firstly, I assume you're doing all of your work remotely, is it? You can't meet up with people face to face. That's correct, Patricia. During the level five phase of the lockdown, um, we're not meeting people face to face. But I suppose we we are taking this opportunity, you know, uh, talking to yourself to 
highlight the fact that we're very much available as a service. Um, so we're talking to people on the phone. We're communicating by email, by Zoom, by post. Um, we've uh, we've a national helpline available to people Monday to Friday, you know, from nine to eight pm. Um, so we're we're very much available anyway. That's, so, that's yeah, help message. is there. Help is there. Now, many people are finding themselves either with an income reduction, perhaps there's less hours, and and we know some people have also lost their jobs and they're on one of the the pop uh, payment. What is your general advice uh, to people? Um, I, I suppose at any time of the year, but maybe particularly you now early in the year, we always give the advice that people should look at their finances. Um, even if they're not uh, experiencing major financial pressure or difficulty, the wise thing for all of us to do is to look at our finances uh, periodically anyway. And we all, for the most part, have a good income, a good handle on our income, I want to say. So we, we, we're familiar with what our level of income is. Um, and obviously we have to match that in with the demands on that income or our living costs. And that's probably the more tedious our difficult little bit of the process, uh, you know, identifying all our spending uh, again, maybe because of familiarity or perceived familiarity, we we might seem to think we've a good handle on that as well. But if we challenge ourselves, you know, um, mentally, to you know how well do we really know what we're spending, where we're spending, why we're spending, we'll probably discover quickly that um, <laughs> we're not as familiar with the spending part of it as we should yeah, be. Yeah, so it's, 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 top of it. it's like it's a budget plan. You sit down and put down exactly how much is coming into the house and exactly how much is going out of the house. Yes, and I, I, as I said, already identifying the income is straightforward enough for most of us. Though, to be fair now, people who are self-employed or have casual employment during the year or seasonal work during the year, it's a bit more difficult for them. They don't maybe have the same flow of income as those of us being paid weekly or fortnightly or monthly or whatever. But notwithstanding that, most of us have a good handle on our income. So then we're looking at our spending. So we, we do need to identify our spending and that should be looked at in different categories. Um, we should first of all identify our priority expending uh, expenditure. Uh, we we encounter that every day, every week. Um, <laughs> people have to do shopping for groceries and, and all mm. of that. Um, then the, the, I, I did a quick list for myself. Um, there can be anything up to 20 bills that come at us. 20? Um, yeah, I mean, if people have rent or mortgage, electricity, heating, refuse collection, sky, mobile phones, the internet, landlines, house insurances, mortgage protection insurances, car insurances, car tax, health insurance, local property tax, school costs, television license, childcare, car repairs, club memberships, pension contributions, and I probably have missed something, but I hate doing a long list there now, but that's just to give the the message that there are a lot of costs that come at us, not weekly, but maybe monthly, two-monthly, annually. Now, we can deal with those, even if it's an annual cost, like car insurance is a good example. If necessary, we, we can deal with that on a monthly basis by, by making monthly payments. Mm. But then sometimes that will cost us more. So it, it's it's a balancing act all of the time and everybody's situation will be different. And that's why everybody needs to sit down with the jotter and the pencil or biro. 
Yeah, and 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 because of the pandemic, then you have people who's obviously, as you say, people have a good handle on how much comes into the house. Suddenly, what comes into the house is nothing near what normally comes in into the house, and yet the bills still have to be paid. Should people contact their creditors as soon as possible? They should. Absolutely, um, that that is a key message to to put out there as well, um, because while creditors will still be um, anxious to get paid, uh, where people make contact with their creditors to explain that the difficulty has arisen, and they're going to need extra time or whatever, that's a good message for a creditor as such because it's an indication that I have the intention of paying the debt in question. If I make no contact. Uh, and you're my creditor, I'm leaving you wondering, well, am I really interested in paying the debt or am I going to do anything much about it? Mm. So creditors will take some comfort from the fact that I contact them to say, look, I'm in a bit of bother, need a bit more time, might not be able to pay it at all this month or whatever. But if I'm conveying to them that my my mission is to pay the debt, deal with it somehow, um, it's some level of reassurance for the creditor and for the most part, then they will... You know, they, they will do what they can in terms of giving me time or... Yeah, and that's why ignoring the letters or ignoring the phone calls really doesn't help. No, because it does leave the creditor in the dark and, and it leaves them in the dark in relation to what my uh, plans are about today. Yeah. And Donal, if people can't make ends meet and, they, and they've done what you've suggested of, of a, bud, a budget plan and, and they literally realise there isn't enough coming in for what's, what's going out... Is that where you guys at MABS uh, can help out? Well, we yeah, we do try to help people because at that stage we're saying to people, look, um, look at our income. Is there a possibility for any way of increasing that? So, you know, there's the tax system. I should look to make sure that I have all of my tax credits uh, and that I'm not losing out there. Um, on the social welfare side of things, um, Sometimes people still miss out on the working family payment, though it's well advertised and so forth. And that's um, a support to families with dependent children on low-ish income, not very low, but low-ish income. And depending on my level of income, the working family payment can subsidise that, um, depending on the number of dependent children I have. Um, so um, the, the the revenue one, I suppose, given the times we're in, is the good one for people to take a look at, make sure I have my credits, um, make sure that I'm claiming for medical expenses if I've incurred them and had to pay for them in the past year or the past four years, I can go backwards with revenue for a period of four years. Um, again, because a lot of people last year and currently have found themselves working from home, there's an allowance there that people can claim uh, if they have been working from home from revenue. Um, revenue of pretty good website and people can go on and do their own balancing statement for a previous year um, and, and it's easily done on, on the revenue website you have to log in and register with But with, um, well, once you do like, it, it is it is a fairly easy system it, it, to do yeah to through the process pretty pretty um, clearly yeah and only last week we had, um, or a couple of weeks ago, we had Katrina Toomey from Cork Penny Dinners on, uh, and and I saw her again on the Echo this morning talking about the same issue, talking about the number of families that they're helping out with food parcels, uh, because all the money is going to pay the rent or the mortgage, and that really yeah. is no way to live, Donny. 
Uh, absolutely not. Um, I, I suppose, as we said at the outside, a lot of families are at the outset. A lot of families have encountered a reduction in their income, um, and and you know even that the, the past ten, eleven, well months, twelve months almost now, um, it's been a stop start nature to the thing as well. You know, people have been out of work. They've been back at work for short periods, out of work again, back to work. So. That has just added to the complication of, of um, dealing with, with the budget plan and finances and all of that. Uh, but, but yeah, certainly some, some families, I just want to go to your point, some families have experienced real severe difficulty and would have had to um, rely on, on maybe charities like Penny Dinners, St. Vincent de Paul being the other one, obviously, that we work closely with. Um, but we, without even going to that level, like families have been under a lot of pressure anyway, even that they can provide for the basics. Um, the the ongoing bills that, as I say, come periodically do put a lot of pressure on families. Yeah, um, it's tough. So just, just on, on that, you know, if, if someone is being pursued for a, a debt, the very first thing they should do is make sure that they're liable for the particular debt, and for the most part they will be, but that pops up as an issue now and again that people maybe aren't liable for the particular debt. But in any event... Um, looking at their finances is, is our message for today. Was um, creating a budget plan for themselves, um, and that will involve really fine combing their their expenditure, identifying the the priority cost that just they can't avoid on mm. a week to week basis. Um, and see in, where in savings can savings be made. Well, yeah, is, is something that that I should mention. Yeah. Um, you know, we all have a load of utility bills and, and insurances and, and those sort of bills. Um, we should be looking critically at all of those and we should be looking to make savings. Um, and I know that's been covered on radio and television regularly enough, you know, where most of us don't um, move to change providers of, of insurances or utilities and uh, we, we miss out on savings. Um so that that that's important. Um, if I, if I can make savings to my costs, I'm winning. Okay. And um, what about business owners then, uh, Donal? In Mabs, I mean, a lot of businesses have closed down. And you know, hearing today that the non non essential retail doesn't look like they're going to reopen again on the fifth of March. Can Mabs help out business owners with advice? Um, we we can to the extent that a, a lot of um, self employed people and small businesses, we will uh, have give personal guarantees for, for a lot of the debts that they will have. So at that point, um, if, if their business is not going to resume at all, um, they'll have to take stock of where they are, what their uh, liability is in total. Um, and just again, going back to the point of making contact with creditors, um, now, we we well I, I hadn't meant to focus or dwell maybe on the insolvency service, but it, it is there. But just to mention can, it, it is there. Yeah, it is there, and people can talk to us in meds if if they have difficulty okay. there. And for 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 families listening, you know, who who are resonating with what you're saying today, Donald, and who may need the services of Mabs, how can you be contacted? 
Well, across North Cork, I, I, I suppose we have an office here in Mellow and we have an office in Charleville and we can be contacted by phone. I, I think you have both of our phone numbers for, for Charleville and Mellow. Um, though it's difficult for people to be remembering numbers and addresses and so forth. Um, people who can email, a very simple one to contact us in the Mellow office, we are mellow at mebs.ie and equally Charleville or charleville at ie. But if anybody goes on the Mebs website, they'll get the number for oh, every the office in the country and all contact details. I mentioned the helpline already. That's there Monday to Friday, 98pm. Um, uh, there's a facility for people to submit a query uh, by Facebook um, and they'll get a money advisor coming back to them with an answer to their query. Okay, that's terrific. And while yeah. you're speaking to us on behalf of North Cork, MABS, there is money advice and budgeting services right across the city and county. Right across the country. Cork City, West Cork and Dunmanway, um, Tralee and Killarney and, and Kerry. They're, they're the, we, okay. we tend to think of Cork and Kerry as and it is uh, any area where we're now known as South Munster MEBS. But yet, there, there's a service in every county anyway and maybe more in counties because Cork, obviously, we have... Um, three different geographical regions, West Cork, North Cork and I suppose Cork City covering East Cork also. Okay. All right, listen, continue. Good luck. You do amazing work and I know whenever you have have you on the programme, we will inevitably get somebody who will contact us after you've come off air uh, to say that you the work that you do at MABS saved somebody. I know that's a, a word that has been used before on the programme and that you've, you've turned people's lives around, which is terrific. So continued good luck with the work that you do, uh, Donan. I'd love to see a day where we would need services like MABS, but unfortunately that's not the reality and that's not where we are. Uh, certainly not at the moment. Listen, thanks Thanks for that, Donald. Thank you, Patricia, as well. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Bye-bye. That is uh, Donald O'Mahony, who joins us from North Cork at MABS. And please, just to get that message across to people, if you are struggling financially, there's enough going on at the moment without having the additional uh, worry of financial pressures. Please reach out, because while MABS, they're not doing the face-to-face meetings that they would normally do, they are very, very much available for people. Can I go back to St. Bridget's Day, uh, please? Firstly, I mentioned the St. Bridget's Day cross, Eileen Indom, Manway and we have Eileen's contact uh, details has been on wondering anybody in the Dunmanway area making St Bridget's crosses she said I'd love to put my hands on two of them I would be even willing to pay for them but they must be tight you know good tight St Bridget's uh, crosses so I'll put that shout out to anybody in the Dunmanway area that is making St Bridget's crosses would you be willing to pass two on to Eileen one of our listeners I mean I don't know whether whether people want to sell them or not I'm sure but if people are making them they would willingly pass them on to Eileen so if anybody can help us with that if you get on to John Paul 1850 and then earlier I mentioned about putting out a white cloth because it was because a listener had asked me had I put out my white Michael had said did you put out a white cloth under the bush last night for St Bridget's Day and I said I didn't but I planned to well that then led to a flurry of people including Liz saying does it have to be a white cloth oh my god I put out a coloured scarf. I didn't realise it had to be a white one, says Liz. And someone else was on to say, I put out a green cloth. Didn't realise it had to be white either. And there was a flurry of texts from people with different coloured cloths that they put out. So I said, I better check that one out quickly because I did see on social media somebody putting out a yellow cloth uh, last night. And it can be any colour cloth at all that you you could put out. I think initially it was the size of a handkerchief, but it can be any size, shape or colour. And you just leave a cloth or a scarf out. 
and it doesn't even have to be under a bush or over a bush it can be anywhere just out outside of your house so don't worry if you had all colours of the rainbow in your scarf or piece of cloth that you left out last night for St Bridget's it doesn't really matter 1850 John Paul is taking your calls text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 Court today on C103 With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group they don't just talk the talk they Walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Ken's Pure Core Quiz. We've got thousands of euro to give away on C103. And today is day one of Ken's Pure Cork Quiz to celebrate our brand new breakfast show. I put the shout out if you wanted to take part. And Eileen McCarthy is in Cora. Good morning to you, Eileen. Hi. How are you? How are you? I'm very well. How's everybody in Cora today? Grand. Is it the first day of spring? It is. <laughs> <laughs> What's the weather like? Well, it's mild. It's kind of drizzly, but it's mild. Yeah, it is. And I, I'm, yes. I'm definitely saying it's spring and I don't care what anybody else says. Okay. okay. It is the first day. I'm going to give you three cork questions. They're in 20 seconds. Shout the answers out as quickly as you can because 20 seconds goes by very, very quickly indeed. And if you answer all three questions in the 20 seconds, you'll win €103. Euro. Are you ready to play, Eileen and Cora? I am, yeah. Here yeah, we go. go. Okay. Are you ready for it? Three, two, one. The class ticket. Which of these is not a place in Cork? New Tipperary, Newtown Chandram, Newtown Mount Kennedy. Uh, New Tipperary. Known locally in Cork as the Shaky Bridge, what is its real name? Oh. Um. Time up, time and time and time is up. So I won't. There's no point even giving you the third one. Anyway, and you were wrong on the first one. And actually, this threw me this morning. Uh, There is a place in Cork called New Tipperary. The place that's not in Cork is Newtown Mount Kennedy because it is in Wicklow. There is somewhere in Cork where John Paul is going to. it's, I can't hear you with these on uh, the microphone on okay there is a place there actually is a place in Cork called uh, New Tipperary and the shaky bridge is known as Daly's Bridge it's outside Dunamore I'm just told it's outside Dunamore Daly's Bridge anyway is what the shaky bridge is don't worry didn't go your way and it is that's only day one of the competition you can always enter again that's okay I'll try again okay, okay. alright take, take care Eileen bye bye that bye-bye. is uh, Eileen McCarthy in uh, Cora uh, not, unfortunately, winning our €103. Euro. Now, this competition continues for Ken's Pure Cork Quiz. We're going to play again this afternoon with Nick. We'll play again with Martina and then it rolls over again tomorrow. Two opportunities to play with Ken in the morning. He plays at 20 past 7 and at 20 past 8. But you've got to listen throughout the day for Nick. We'll give you the cue to call, as will Martina. And we will do it all over again tomorrow as well. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Certainly was a mystery to me when I heard that there was a place in Cork called New Tipperary. And thank you. We we have such fantastic listeners. They back up John Paul, who works flat out researching and producing this programme. And when I was saying I didn't even know where New Tipperary uh, was, Michael has actually sent me in a little map showing where New Tipperary is in uh, County Cork. And it is in a place called uh, Lacabane and it is near uh, Dunamore.
and uh, a couple of other people um, sending me in the same thing saying New Tipperary Dunamore it's in the Fairmount area uh, says uh, Jim and uh, other people sending in as well details of where it was I said well it's a new one I never knew there was a place called New Tipperary don't you learn something new every day even on this programme thank you for that and somebody who's doing a lot of studying at the moment I'm assuming a bit of homeschooling going on is one of our listeners says according to my son's maths book February is the start of uh, spring and I've been sent on a picture from the maths book and your son I don't know what age your son is but he's got beautiful little handwriting tell him keep that up and it clearly shows that uh, spring is starts in February Feb, February, March and April summer and see this is the way this is the one I would go with as well summer then is May, June and July Autumn is August, September and October and then winter is November, December and January and then it's gone finished with once we see the back of January winter is behind us so I'm certainly running with that one as well uh, so thank you for that and thank you for taking the time out because if you're homeschooling at the moment yeah, you're obviously very busy there's questions coming in for Annelise keep those coming please she'll join us after half past 12 uh, today and then there is because I think it came up on our news again and no doubt there might be more of it on the 12 o'clock news this idea that and we spoke about it last week on the programme of the Taoiseach flying to Washington for St. Patrick's Day whether he'll bring the traditional bowl of shamrock with him or not we don't know but the whole idea is this to go over and have this meeting as traditionally happens on St. Patrick's Day with the Irish Taoiseach goes over and meets with whoever is the current President of the United States and of course we have a wonderful uh, man of Irish roots Joe Biden in as uh, president this year but people are saying with everything that's going on with COVID and travel restrictions there are a group of people and it's divided right down the middle there are people who think it's absolutely bizarre that the Taoiseach would even contemplate going to the States with everything that's going on with this global pandemic. And then we've the other side of the fence, people saying, no, we need America more than ever with Brexit and everything that's going on and everything that's going on worldwide. We need America as our ally, even though I think with Joe Biden as presidency, I think we've got a great ally in America for the next four years. But anyway, besides that, people are saying the Taoiseach should go. Don't bring a huge party with him, but send him over, let him have that meeting. And of course, it'll depend on if Joe Biden is up for the meeting or not because obviously he's taking COVID much, much more seriously than his predecessor did. So maybe he won't want international travel into his own country. So we're going to have to wait uh, to hear uh, to hear about that uh, first. But at the moment, it is looking like our Department of Foreign Affairs are certainly organising and looking at organising a trip uh, for the uh, Taoiseach. And I can tell you, as soon as that gets mentioned, we have people not happy with it. Patricia, the idea of St. Patrick's Day visit going to America uh, is what planet are they on at all? I can't even understand that it has even been spoken about. And someone else says, is it essential to get a bowl of shamrock to Washington? I think not. Micheál Martin could take a break from the tradition for one year only as that is not essential tra- travel. My suggestion would be send Joe Biden a plant, a shamrock plant, and then he'd have it forevermore. You want her to be going over every year and then rather than going in person, have a meetup on Zoom instead. This is the Court Today replay on C103. I ended up talking about the eve of St. Bridget's Day and the tradition of putting out a cloth the night before and so many people contacted us to say they'd coloured cloths out and should it be a white cloth and we worked out it doesn't have to be a white cloth it can be any colour cloth and then of course that led to a number of texts in from people saying 
what's this white cloth or leaving out a scarf on the eve of St. Bridget's Day? What's that all about? <laughs> Lots of people asked. Okay, a uh, little bit of a history lesson. It's one of those ye old traditions, okay? And this is a very simple explanation of it that I managed to find online from a children's book. It's a primary school book. It's for primary school uh, children on the web page Ask About Ireland where they go through all of the different traditions. And the tradition to do with the putting out the cloth on the eve of St. Patrick's uh, Day, the, the piece of cloth is to do with St. Bridget's cloak. So you put out a piece of cloth or a scarf. It can be of any size or any any size, shape or colour now it seems. It's left outside the house on the night of the 31st of January by the people who live there. It was hoped that St Bridget would bless the piece of cloth as she passed by during the night. The following morning, the cloth or piece of cloth was taken into the house and it could be used throughout the year for healing. The piece of cloth could be placed on the person's head for a headache. Seemingly, it's particularly good for headaches. Okay, so that's where it's a very old tradition and it just surprised me when I mentioned it, when somebody asked me had I done it, I couldn't get over how many people still do it. So a lot of those old traditions, people still keep up. It's like the making of the crosses as well. Actually, I saw when we had Eileen was looking in Dunmanway for a cross, I saw somebody has very kindly sent in uh, has very kindly sent in an offer that they made a lot of them this year and is willing to post them on. So we're going to try and hook the two ladies up together and we'll get those St. Bridget's Crosses in the post to, wasn't it Eileen and John Manway who was look, looking for them. But thank you for the listener who was on straight away there with that kind offer. Uh, lots of questions coming in for Annalise. Keep those coming, please. 1850 People, again, as soon as I mentioned the idea of Micheál Martin going to Washington, we get flooded with calls in from people. Very annoyed. And I think a lot of people are tying in with the fact that we're restricted to, can't go outside five kilometres of your home and how in God's name can Micheál Martin go to uh, America. And uh, Pat in Bantir says, Patricia, so now we have on the news Simon Coveney on the radio saying that Micheál Martin should go to Washington and he himself just back from a trip to Turkey. It makes a complete mockery of stay at home mantra. I'm finished with this end of lockdown for me says Pat in Bantir and people just on that sort of vein there's a number of similar texts to that in from people who are just really really annoyed. Joe and Domanway says hey if our leader can travel outside the five kilometres why can't we? I feel like we're being kept prisoners in our own country that won't work. We might as well be living under North Korean rule. Uh, not happy at all if he decides to uh, go. John says if our leader Michal Martin goes to America for St. Patrick's Day we can all say goodbye to the lockdown here and that would be proper order if he's going. John is suggesting a one-way ticket. Uh, And then a couple of people have been on with a similar suggestion. Let me sum it up by Frank in Formoy, I think has put it best. Say morning, Patricia. What about Vicky Phelan being the Irish ambassador to present the shamrock to President Joe Biden? She could do it on behalf of the people of Ireland. There'd be no health and safety issues regarding the virus. Why? She's already in the United States of America. And wouldn't that be a very worthy accolade for her? She has been an inspiration to all. She was on the Late Late Show recently. Kind regards, says Franken for why She was actually on the Late Late Show again, looking fantastic, I have to say. Even though, God, help her when she started talking about when they did another scan in the States. It was 11 more tumours uh, they've discovered. But as she herself said, she looks 
uh, so well and she was just updating people her treatment has started but wouldn't that if it came to pass that Micheál Martin doesn't go wouldn't that be fantastic even though she's in is she in New York or is she in Washington? Because I heard her the day she started her treatment. Uh, Kamala Harris, the vice president, was in the same hospital getting her second flu or second COVID, not flu, her second COVID jab. But wouldn't that be a fantastic thing? What a great lift it would be for, for Vicky as well. It would be fantastic. And then Mick, one of our listeners, says people are being extremely ignorant in their remarks and comments about Micheál Martin going to Washington. It's not Micheál Martin who is going. It is the Taoiseach. It is a man who is representing the entire country. Visits like this are so important. They're networking opportunities. We will need America. When all of this pandemic is finished, we need it for trade, we need it for tourism, we need it for commerce. More than ever more than ever, says uh, Mick, we need Micheál Martin to go this year. And that's, I did say when I mentioned that before 12, that's the exact divide with the people saying, I'm a prisoner in my own house, how can he go to America and I can't go five kilometres down the road? And then you've got the people who see it from Mick's point of view saying, no, look at the bigger picture here, folks. There's a reason why we need him to go. Let me go back to St. Bridget and the putting out of the scarf on uh, Bridget's Eve last night. Joan is in uh, Ballyvorney. Good afternoon to you, Joan. (laughs) Good afternoon, Patricia. Did you put out a scarf last night? I always did, all my life. Okay. And And, and I said some prayers always when I put them out. You say a few prayers? Yeah. And you, yeah, yeah. do you remember this as a child? Oh, I do, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. But this this famous scarf, anyway, it came from New York to what? my aunt what? at least over 70 years ago. And it was too fleshy to she wear it as a headscarf. <laughs> <laughs> it was silk and there was birds in it and yellow and purpley birds and things and too beautiful. Like. <laughs> it's a little bit tattered now, all right, but it's still square and the same size. So uh, th- that's a long. So that's tradition. the scarf that you put out on Bridget's Eve, the one that made it all the way from New York, but was too flashy for Ballyvorney. <laughs> well, well so, yeah, yeah, too <laughs> <Isn't> flashy. <that? laughs> my, my aunt wouldn't wear it because she have a kind of a cam one, like I know. It was really silk. It was beautiful silk. Yeah, and it's flashy and birds on it, and it's uh, just beautiful. So that's my breath reason now for you. And her and her friend in America probably paid a fortune on the scarf to send it probably, over, yeah. thinking little bit of New York heading over to Cork, and then <laughs> and and your aunt probably wrote back saying, "Beautiful scarf, I'm wearing it the whole time." <laughs> I don't know what was it. What did she say? <laughs> <laughs> and it's a lovely tradition to have as well, to, and oh, to keep is, a yeah. connection with the past. All right, and it's, it's like for if it was so throat or anything, it's supposed to. Cured your sore throat or sore ear or anything like that. I meant to be great for headaches by all accounts. Well, probably, okay. yeah. <laughs> Listen, stay safe, Joan. Thank you okay. for that. Thanks, Thanks uh, for joining us. Uh, we want to stay with, we're, we're staying kind of with New York or staying with America uh, because John in uh, Mallow uh, is in favour of Micheál Martin travelling to meet Joe Biden. I think that's what John is saying. Good afternoon, John. Hello, Patricia. How you, are you? I'm very well. You're of the view that Micheál Martin should go. Of course he should. Why? Of course he should. He, 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 he's going on business there. He's going on business for Ireland. He's our leader. He's going to represent us in America like we always do. And how people are not very happy about it because of the and pandemic. That, this is what annoys me. The people are, there are people going to work from here to London 
and, for, and from London into here to work in the mornings. The people are go- going from here to Cork to work. The people are travelling, the essential workers are travelling, and Michal Martin is an essential part of us. And we'll be expecting Joe Biden to visit here next year. Of course, he has to go to America. So you think this year more than ever, it's important? I say it is important every year. OK, stay there, because Willie in Glamire, I think, has an opposing uh, view. <laughs> Good afternoon, Willie. You, you Good think afternoon. you think you sh- he shouldn't go? Well, how dare that man, the previous caller there, Mike and Mick, he said that we're ignorant. Well, that was Mick who said anyone who was he, against him going, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then splitting hair, saying, oh, it's not Michal Martin that's going, it's the T-shirt. Listen, we are sick to death of Michal Martin telling us to do what the doctors say and do what Neffy says. And he's the very man that didn't do what he was advised to do, close the restaurant and close the, the gastropubs over Christmas. And he, he, he hasn't done, he's done very little that he's been advised to do. Uh, and there's no need for him to go. We have an ambassador in Washington. They can send out a bullet shamrock on uh, uh, the courier. There's couriers have airplanes there, DHL have planes to go all over the world. And there's no need for him to go. I mean, if he preaches one thing and practices another, it, it, you know, it's sickening. John, what do you say to that? You know, I, 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 I don't know what planet that man is on because I never opened my mouth. No, no, it's, no, no, he's picking up another caller. That's not you he's picking up. Oh, yeah. But he's, oh, ma- he's making the point that me, we can't travel five kilometres outside our, our, can't leave, go more than five kilometres and that Micheál Martin is telling us to yeah. do that and yet he wants to go to America. You see, we, 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 we are ordinary people. He's a leader. And he must be a leader. <laughs> we <another nation. laughs> He's see, an army person too. Michal Martin didn't do anything. He's only doing what Nippet tells him. He's, he's doing the very opposite. And he's done the opposite when he came to the Christmas ah, he, situation. He, he, he might have made a slip there, but at, at the moment... Well, he never, he never admitted it. He won't put up his hand and say, oh, I, I made a mistake. Pardon? No. He never put up his hand and said, I, I didn't do the right thing. What? Well, he did. He came out after Christmas oh, and said, if, we, if I knew now what I know, if I knew then what I know ah, now, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah, well, yeah, sure, well, he should have known if he turned from other countries. What other countries? Well, which one of us didn't make a mistake and try and rectify it? Hey, did you ever make a mistake and try not to rectify it? Are you... No, but when he, how could he make a mistake? I mean, he saw what other countries did and how successful it was. Other and I mean, is he that blind or dumb or what is, what is wrong with him? Well, we're getting the, the virus down oh, and he's doing a good job in it at the moment. He's doing, he is not. There's no credit due to him at all. He's made a blue mess. He's made a mess, and we're in the situation now. And if you ask the doctors over it, the GP in Mayo and in West Cork, what caused the outbreak over Christmas? It was the people coming into the country, and they were allowed in. But where the, but the virus it. now? We we are suppressing it now, and this we mightn't like this lockdown, Willie, but it's working. Ah, yeah, but I mean, there, there were pins wise and punched foolish when they opened up at Christmas to the economy. And, and now <laughs> they're going to be closed a lot longer because of that situation. That's all right, <laughs> all right. Well, we'll wait and see whether he's going to go or not. It's uh, The plans oh, are in I'm the pipeline. Sure, I'm, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will because Nihal okay. is like the, the, to me, and you know, he's like the old schoolmaster, and we're the pupils. And, you know, do, do what I say, but don't do what I do. <laughs> okay, well, there's a number of people I have to say are in favour of, of him travelling. Oh, so it, it is, it is divided. Be. It's certainly divided. But, but, but Mr. Bush.
Boyden, listen, we've no fear of Mr. Boyden. He, he came to Ireland quick enough himself. When he was asked, will you come to Ireland? He said, try and stop me. Oh, yeah, and he, listen, he's a proud Irish. He's proud of yeah. his Irish roots, for sure. And, and all, all, a lot of his, his, his people there have Irish blood in them. So I think we've nothing to worry about there and saying, oh, it's so important. Well, it's please not, God, it's please. the least important no, than ever it was actually because he's one man if, if he'd do anything to, for Ireland it would be him you know Well we will wait and see what he will do for <laughs> Ireland Willie oh. and Glammeyer thank you for that and uh, John uh, thanks uh, both for uh, joining us uh, Sean says I am in favour of Micheál Martin travelling to America uh, he will be representing the country and by the way says Sean I have no affiliations to any political party it could have been Mary Lou or Leo and I would have been in feel the very same way they should go. Nancy in Bantry said, apart from the cost involved, what are we paying for ambassadors for while they are in the country? While they're in the country, while they're in America, while they're in any any country, well, they, they we are they are representing us in those countries, and they're also looking after the Irish people that are in those countries all over the world. And believe me, I would say ambassadors um, are they they are very their embassies are very busy at the moment because we've got people stuck in all kinds of countries trying to get home and having problems getting home or faced with problems because of the pandemic. So I think embassies are probably very very busy. Tom and Fomoy says I agree with the guy who is is for Michal going. He is not doing anything wrong. It is a working trip. And a different person says, I am raging over the idea that Michal Martin is thinking of going when I I can't have anyone in my backyard. It is sending out the wrong signal. And I think that's the way a lot of people are seeing it. It's the optics of it rather than what can be achieved from the uh, trip. 1850-333-103. OK, some of your other texts coming in. They're all for Annalise. Keep those coming, please, because we will be chatting with Annalise in a couple of uh, minutes. Hi, uh, Patricia. This is from Mary in West Cork. Can I make a point, please, about a lady I saw in a small shop in West Cork just Saturday gone. She was in hospital the previous week with COVID. I think it's a disgrace, the disregard she had for other people. These people should be told and made to self-isolate. I felt quite disgusted seeing her in a shop, says Mary in West Cork. Now, I don't know who this woman is and I don't know what her condition was or how long she was in hospital. But if you were, and I'm always slow to judge because you just don't know what's going on in other people's lives. But just to point out, Mary, if she did have COVID, for people that have COVID once they are 10 days from the day that they were diagnosed and once their symptoms are gone she could have had her quarantine period and been past her quarantine period and been out and about I mean particularly if she was in hospital she would have realised the seriousness of COVID so I would be very slow to think that there would any that anyone would be that stupid having been in hospital very sick with COVID and suddenly they're out and about breaching their quarantine restrictions maybe I could be wrong but I, I, I would find that hard to believe so just be I'm always very slow to judge because you just you never know you never know what's going on in somebody else's life and maybe the poor woman had nobody else to go and get her whatever she, whatever she needed someone else says how in the name of God are we going to get our lives back to how it should be when this happened there was a man came down from Ballancolic to Roscarbury last Friday why did he travel? He needed to power hose the driveway of his holiday home. And then he hopped back in the car and drove back up the road again. And we're talking about staying within our 5k limits. God help us all with the virus when you can have that kind of uh, carry on. 
He's the kind of guy you'd love to have been stopped, wouldn't you, by the Gardaí to say, hey, what are you up to? Where are you going? Oh, I'm just heading down to the holiday home in Roscarbury. Sure, the old front drive needs to be power hosed and he would have been turned around and I hope would have been fined at the same time. But obviously he was on the road whenever he was on the road, both coming and going. And I'm assuming didn't meet a checkpoint or if he did, maybe told a few fibs. I don't know. But that's, yeah, that certainly to me is not an essential, uh, essential travel uh, for sure. 1850. 333103 Patricia we can't have zero covid in this uh, country when we have zero br- brains we seem to have very selfish ruthless people in this country on the NCTs there should be no NCTs until covid is over many garages are not doing repairs at the moment I thought garages are exempt garages well maybe that's an individual choice because garages certainly are allowed uh, to do repairs but uh, somebody is, is feeling that they're not they could be, it's hard to get Get repairs done on a uh, garage. Okay, eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. John Paul taking your calls, text or WhatsApp oh eight six two one zero three one zero three. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council's Community Support Programme, here to assist vulnerable people with their daily needs through the COVID 19 pandemic. See corkcoco.ie. And the Cope uh, Foundation are appealing for people to participate in their 300,000 step challenge during this, the month of February. You can register online at cope foundation foundation.ie forward slash February challenge. It's to help raise funds for projects and programmes that empower and support people with intellectual disabilities or autism across Cork City and County that Cope work with. If you've got any item that you would like us to include on a future community diary, send us the information please to info at c103.ie Cork today on C103 With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie And still a string of uh, texts coming in about this possible visit by uh, Micheál Martin to travel to America with the uh, Shamrock. Uh, somebody is saying uh, Washington is not an essential uh, journey. And then, hi uh, Patricia, I have a daughter in New York. She had her first baby in June. A little miracle, Patricia. She waited so long for her little baby girl to arrive and yet we can't travel. What a joke this country is. We can't travel to see a much loved uh, grandchild. Oh, please God, this time will pass and you will get to have your first amazing cuddle with that little baby. Send out my best wishes to your daughter. John Abandon says, Patricia, people are being ridiculous about the Taoiseach going to the White House. People need to look beyond their own self-interest. This visit is crucial in maintaining and developing our relationship with Joe Biden and the American businesses. Don't forget the thousands of our sons and daughters who are employed by American companies that support our economy. And that's from uh, John in uh, Bandon. Well, a different John says, to the man who was praising Hall Martin, our Taoiseach led us into the eye of the storm last uh, December. Yes, that man was Hall Martin and he is our leader. God help us us. And Liz says why would you not let Tony Houlihan go to America? Joe Biden knows all about Ireland. Uh, We don't need to be reminding him do we really need to send our uh, Taoiseach. 
1850 Don't blame the government or effort for the increase in the virus. Please, says this listener, it is the stupidity of lots of people that is the problem. We're all quick to blame the government. We're all... Pl- quick to blame Neffet but at the end of the day who spread the virus it was people themselves if uh, Mihal Martin must go let him go on his own and get the photo opportunity but every other person that needs to be vaccinated but every other person to go will need to be uh, vaccinated the Isle of Man have opened they have zero COVID says Eileen well if they have zero COVID I'm assuming that they're not reopening I know we're hoping to do a piece on would it be possible for this country to have zero COVID and we're going to speak with one of the professors who's been advocating for a zero COVID I know John Paul is working on it I don't know if it's going to be tomorrow or not uh, that we'll hope to have the, the professor on because you know people are pointing to Australia and to New Zealand and say look at them look what they've done they have they went for zero COVID a strategy that absolutely uh, appears to be working and then what happens is they go for zero COVID you lock the country down you keep everybody safe in almost the country becomes a little bubble on its own people move about life returns to normal and then if God forbid a case of COVID somehow manages to get into uh, the country then you chase it down like it is a crime scene and if you look at what broke at the weekend in the Australian city of Perth there was one case of COVID-19 identified and everybody was ordered into lockdown within within hours of this case being uh, identified and how did it get in? It was a security worker who was working in the quarantine hotel so obviously picked it up from one of the travellers who had arrived and had to do the 14 day quarantine. Soon as it was identifying, lockdown was imposed in the city of Perth from 6 o'clock yesterday. It remains in place until next Friday. People in the city and there's 2 million people in the city, they must stay home. They can only go out for essential work shopping or uh, exercise. And it's the fourth most populated uh, city and it has recorded no cases of the virus for 10 months. Now, they obviously have had cases inside in the quarantine in the hotel, but that remains in the hotel and those people are not allowed out until they are COVID uh, free. But somehow one of the security guards managed to pick it up. But I just couldn't believe the way they reacted so quickly. And that's what we would have to do in this country if we got to a stage where we could have zero COVID. And we are an island and it is possible, but it would have to be an all-island island approach or else a border between Northern Ireland and Southern Ireland would have to be manned, not closed. It would have to be uh, manned and you'd, you'd be very careful on who you would be allowing in and out and in and over uh, the border. But it is possible other island nations have uh, done it and then when you would get a case as like that you would hunt it down like it was a crime scene. 1850 in and just one final uh, text before we go to Annalise and getting Annalise to answer your questions. This is on um, putting out the cloth for St Bridget's on the eve of St Bridget's Day. Theresa McCroom uh, says I've put out the cloth for St Bridget's Day every year since I saw my granny doing it and I used the cloth throughout the year for sore throats or headaches I I was reminding myself all day yesterday don't forget the cloth don't forget the cloth don't forget the cloth cloth. guess what went to bed and forgot all about it I woke up at 4am and went out 
<laughs> to put it out, says Teresa in uh, McCroom. 1850-333-103. We're going to take a break and we are back with Annalise Trissell. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. And Annalise Drussell of the Health Hub Times Square in Balancolic uh, joining us on this, the first day of February. Uh, good, good afternoon to you, Annalise. Good afternoon, Patricia. And I've been talking all morning and I don't care what anyone says, today is the first day of spring. Winter is behind us. Well, it definitely feels like that. I was down yeah. at the regional park. I walk out there every morning and um, definitely it feels much milder and yeah. Yeah. Great. And just winter's behind us. We're just we're, we're pressing ahead. We're I love the stretch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and you can already see it. It's yeah. I was I was chatting with um I think it was my sister on the phone yeah, Saturday and um I, I, we were chatting away and I said, God, I better go because when I realised what time it was, it was nearly half five. I said, oh my God, it's half five already. And I was just, God, it's strange in the evening. Yeah. Just all of us, it's, and it's all of a sudden it seems to have happened. It's great. Which it's is fantastic. really good. Lots to look forward to. Okay, loads of questions in for you. Hi, a Patricia question for Annalise. I am in my 50s. Could you ask Annalise, Revive Active, is that a good source of vitamin D? Yes, it has a thousand IUs of vitamin D as far as I'm aware. Now, Revive Active is a fantastic supplement. It's a really, really high quality one. And there's a lot of ingredients in it as well that are very good for heart health. So um, it's brilliant if you're trying to, you know, get your blood pressure down, if you want to make sure that your cardiovascular system is working healthily. Um, It's great for people who do a lot of exercise because there's a lot of those same things for blood pressure are good for energy. So it's a great one. The vitamin D is a thousand I use, which should be enough for anybody healthy. So that is covered. Don't take a separate supplement. Um, And I think every now and then it's a good thing, Patricia, to take a break from supplements and just give yourself some time off. It might be that half a sachet enough as well could be good for your requirements, you know, if your diet is pretty good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hi, um, Annalise. What would you recommend for sciatica, which can be really painful? Well, the person who 
solves sciatic and that Patricia is going to be like the person who solves weight loss and there it's just a very very difficult one to get a handle on because it's um a trapped nerve in the back so it's a kind of a structural problem and then of course it because it's trapped it becomes inflamed and that then almost makes it more trapped and worse so there unfortunately is no supplement really that can help sciatica i think that you need to go to somebody who's qualified in um osteopathy or physical therapy or physiotherapy but somebody who has a background in treating sciatica and you have to get the manual manipulation you could take natural anti-inflammatories um, and while they're fantastic on the whole for things like arthritis and any inflammatory condition, they're not going to free up a trapped nerve. So you, you need to do it in combination. And if you want the natural anti-inflammatories, you're looking at things like Boswellia, which is the extract from, um, from frankincense, or you're looking at high-dose turmeric. Fish oils are wonderful as well. So they're all great for general um, pain and inflammation but unfortunately not for sciatica. Okay now I'm always sort of whenever you hear somebody with a cough you're thinking straight away God you need to go for a COVID test but listeners saying what would Annalise recommend uh, as a cough bottle uh, I've got a dry cough I mean, I mean what is the when somebody comes into you with a with a cough should people go forward for COVID testing? Um, I suppose Patricia it's really if you're being a responsible citizen yes you should just to rule it out because if you do have COVID you should be staying indoors and isolating so from that perspective yes but um, if you've been at home and you know not going out and about yourself and not been in contact with anyone who's had COVID it probably could just be a cough so and a lingering cough that's been going on for weeks and weeks and weeks you would, yeah, yeah. Okay. that happens as well but there's actually when somebody comes in with a dry cough Patricia I don't always immediately assume it's a chest cough. Sometimes it could be a cough from the coming from the stomach because the little valve at the top of the stomach is weak and open and the fumes of the acid that's released when you eat, are that, that opens up and the fumes come up and catch your breath. So a lot of people who have a dry cough, especially if it's been going on for months on end, it's actually nothing to do with their chest. It's to do with the, the stomach. Um, so that's one thing to rule out. And then for a dry cough, you're always looking at things that are very soothing and um, supportive of the mucous membranes because that's what's dry and inflamed. So you're looking at mullion and marshmallow. And Comvita do a lovely uh, cough bottle with the Manuka honey in there and propolis from the bees, which is wonderful for your immune system. And they do one with mullion and they do one with marshmallow. So try those and take try. one every day. Yeah. Uh, hi, Annalise. Is it safe to take milk, thistle and echinacea while on a statin? Also, what about taking St. John's wort? Okay, so yes, it is safe to take milk thistle, which is generally taken for the health of the liver cells, and echinacea, which is generally taken to boost your T-cell function, which is your first line of defense in your immune system for coughs and colds and viruses. So it is safe to take those with a statin, but absolutely not at the same time. So statins, generally, a lot of people are directed to take them at night. They are rough on the liver, which is why they recommend that you have regular liver tests when you're on a statin to make sure your liver is coping. So you certainly don't want to put any herbs in there at the same time as the statin. So if you're going to take your statin at night, take the others in the morning. And if you're going to take your statin in the morning, take the others at night or wait a good four hours till the statin has gone through the liver. And the last question then was St. John's wort. This is a herb traditionally used for boosting mood. Um, it's, it's a lot of people who would suffer from depression find that it's very, very good to help them. 
Um, and in a lot of studies have shown as well that it can be, um, it can equate to taking the antidepressant tablets that can boost mood to that level as well. So um, in Ireland, we have to get it on prescription. You can't buy it over the counter. So talk to your doctor about it and they will write a prescription. It would not be suitable to take at the same time as any other antidepressant medication. Okay, hi. Questions for Annalise, please. My 14-year-old daughter has started to get, to get an awful rash around her mouth. It started when she started to get her period. So also, could you recommend something for my younger daughter, who's, who's only three, who's always very pale? Okay, start with the 14-year-old first. Okay, so a rash is normally when I hear something happening around, around the period, I think hormones and maybe it's little sort of tiny acne spots. If it's that, it's a hormonal issue and really what you're looking at is hormone balance and liver. Um, there's a great complex for that. Um, Viridian do a beautiful clear skin complex, it's called, which attacks the skin from the gut, the liver and the skin. It has something in there for everything and I get great feedback all the time from my customers on that. So if it's more kind of acne spots around the period, that's it. But when, when the customer says rash, I wonder... With masks, a lot yeah. of people are getting rashes. I thought getting, the same. The, yeah. As soon as I saw it, I thought the same thing. The, I mean, I even noticed the other day around my nose and I've, I was getting little spots and a little, little, little rash. And it's from wearing all the masks. We're just it not is. used to wearing the masks. Especially if you're wearing masks all the time, you know, all the day. Although the kids aren't in school at the yeah, moment, so yeah. it shouldn't be the issue. So if it is a mask issue, what I have been recommending to people for their skin is to spray the mask and to spray their skin in the morning with um, the colloidal silver, which is a very, very good, natural, non-damaging, gentle antibacterial that will kill the bacteria in the masks and on your skin, and that contributes to better, clearer skin. And make sure you change your mask throughout the day if you have to wear it all the time. Okay, and for the the smaller little one, the little three-year-old who's always pale. Yeah, so now if you're just pale in colour, that's just the way you are. But if you're pale and low in energy, it's possibly anemia. One of the ways to check is to pull down the bottom eyelid and it should be a good healthy pinkish red. But if it's kind of whitey, it might mean that there's a bit of iron deficiency. So maybe try a tonic. Um, the Flora Vital or the, the Flora Dix is a very suitable one for young children. It comes in a kind of an orange juice flavour. It's very easy to take and gentle on the stomach. Okay, uh, this is from uh, John. Uh, psoriasis and arthritis, an autoimmune condition in a 28-year-old male told no cure, only uh, treatment. Um, I've been prescribed Metatrex. Metatrexate. Me- yeah, and, and something else, Cosentex medicine. Um, very severe long-term effects. Any advice? Uh, yeah. would be gratefully appreciated. So, absolutely. And you know, with autoimmune that um with autoimmune diseases and they range from a psoriatic arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, Hashimoto's, thyroiditis, Sorgren syndrome, there's lots of them. Um the key really is to sort of supporting the body to rebalance the immune system. I find um and there is a lot of um information on the link between the gut health and autoimmune disease. 80% of our immune system is in our gut. So if you've got an intolerance or a food um, sensitivity, it possibly along with you know much more complicated factors involving your gut bacteria population, there can be something that triggers autoimmune. So it triggers the immune system to start attacking itself. It's like the immune system has become hypersensitive and just turns in on itself. For example, with rheumatoid arthritis, a lot of people who have that 
have got can have high populations of a bacteria called Yersinia in the gut. So there's some link. Obviously, Yersinia has some link. So it's a really that's the long answer. The short answer is that you need to look at total body wellness. So I would definitely recommend working together with the nutritional therapist because you have to get every system within the body, the gut, the liver, the kidneys, um, then the skeletal system, muscles and joints, all working as well as they possibly can. And that's the way to get yourself back into remission with autoimmune disease. And you have to have lifestyle changes so that you don't trigger back into a flare-up again. Okay, good luck with that. Query for Annalise, please. Following two recent infections which required antibiotic treatment, I had a colonoscopy. This showed that I have mild diverticular disease. I'm not yet 50. I would appreciate any advice from Annalise as to how to manage this condition and to prevent further infection and discomfort. Okay, so diverticular disease is where the the muscle of the colon, which is a very um, sort of a, a stretchy muscle, it actually blows out into little pouches. And what can happen is that food can get stuck in those pouches, well, undigested food and faecal matter can get stuck in those pouches and obviously rots and the bacteria then can cause infection. That point is normally called diverticulosis, which is the infectious state. So um, the best way to prevent, you know, getting an infection is to make sure that your bowels are moving regularly. And by I mean that, I mean every single day. If you eat a lot of fruit and vegetables, your bowels should move twice a day. You shouldn't be straining. Um, And so you need to get that sorted out. So it might mean taking a natural fibre like psyllium. Psyllium is lovely because it helps to bring form to a loose stool, but it also can make, um, if, like if anyone who's taken it knows it, it goes very gloopy and slimy. So it can soften a hard stool and it makes it very easy to pass and a lot less likely to break up and get stuck in pouches. So that's a definite must. A probiotic is always a good thing to do as well because if you've got good bacteria living in your colon, they can generally crowd out and fight off any bad bacteria much more efficiently. So I would definitely do the two of those. And then if you do suffer from constipation, I would consider maybe taking a digestive enzyme just to help you break your food down better so it's less likely that undigested proteins and fats are reaching the colon. Okay, breed has an interesting one. I am very allergic to dogs, but recently we decided to purchase a dog, a non-shedding one, which I thought I'd be okay with. Unfortunately, I'm not. I'm developing allergies towards this dog. Maybe not as severe as if the dog was a shedding type, but I'm still suffering. Could you suggest what might help? Yeah, there's, um, I suppose, there's one very obvious thing, but... Get rid of the dog. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, you can go through desensitisation therapy for allergies and they, you know, the allergy clinics in the hospitals in Ireland do it as well. But in, you know, in the short term, maybe what you need to take is simply an antihistamine from the pharmacy or you can take natural antihistamines. And the best one really for something like that is probably quercetin with stinging nettle. So, um... The, the two of those are very good for any kind of runny nose kind of allergies. Um, both natural antihistamines and safe to take in the long term. Um, and then there are certain homeopathic remedies as well. But I think it's very specific, so you're better to visit a homeopath. Um, um, the apis meal sometimes can be very good for, for allergies, but it's with homeopathy, you have to get the right remedy for the right person. Mary wants to know, can green tea raise your blood pressure? Um, in a roundabout way, yes, I think it probably could, Patricia, because there is caffeine on it. And there was a programme on, on the television last night that was um, talking about um, 
health supplements and how they can be dangerous. And green tea was one that was mentioned. A lot of people take green tea extract for um, for um, weight loss. Um, so I think, and that affected this gentleman's liver and he had problems with it. So, I mean, taking anything in a high dose in a pure form is not a good way to go. Drinking green tea, um, if, if it would be like drinking much, too much tea and coffee, it could raise the caffeine and caffeine does act exactly like adrenaline in the body and raises your heartbeat and your blood pressure. So I suppose the only way to do is just do your experiment and cut it out for a month. Uh, Nora wants to know, have you any natural remedy to remove wax from ears, earwax? Well, one of the ones that works really well is the ear candling and it can be a bit daunting to start off. So basically you've got a wax candle that you insert into the ear and you set it alight and it heats up and it sucks up, the, it loosens and sucks up the, um, the wax. ear wax. And it's great for people who've got, you know, really wax stuck right in there. Um, they say that you should never put anything larger than your elbow into your ear. So <laughs> going at it with... Um, a, a, a cotton bud can cause damage. The one thing that will work is not a natural remedy at all. It's hydrogen peroxide, which is bleach. You'll get a solution in the pharmacy and you just put that into the ear and you let it sit for 10 or 15 minutes and that can work well as well. Okay, but uh, I said, yeah, I've had it done and it's fantastic. Get somebody else to do it on you. Don't try and do it on yourself. Exactly. Then. You know, it's, yeah, and I know a lot of, uh, I mean, a lot of those um, places that offer them are closed at the moment because some beauticians do it, but they wouldn't be open at the moment. They won't. And actually, it's, uh, if you've done it, Patricia, it's actually very easy to do yourself. It is. It's quite daunting to start off. Yeah. If you have someone help you at the beginning, it's easy to get into the habit of doing it yourself. And it's really relaxing as well. Okay, finally, what's the best probiotic to use for your gut, would you suggest? So, there is actually no answer to that one. And, um, there are so many probiotics on the market now and it's, it's, um, it's a difficult one to say because I think the, the different bacteria will do different things and different people's guts are different. So, for example, people they've found who are naturally thin, they have a very high per- population of a, one type of bacteria in their gut. They find that people who are um, you know, more likely to have bowel cancers, have low populations of other bacteria in their gut. So the only way to know really is to do something like a stool test and to see what your ba- um, bacterial population looked like. So there are certain ones that are very good for people who suffer from diarrhea. Alflorex is one. Um, there's another one made by Optibac. It's actually sold as a traveling probiotic, but it um, has got bacteria or, that in there that are very good for helping people who have diarrhea, a lot of diarrhea, IBS. Then you've got ones that are better for constipation that might have some fibre in there. You've got ones that have um, that are better for female health, so better for for um, you know preventing thrush. So the best thing I could recommend really is to go and speak to a health shop because they will be the experts there. Okay. All right, we leave it there, Annalise. Have a great Thanks week and we'll chat again next week. That is Annalise Drussell of the Health Hub Times Square in uh, Balancolic. And my profuse apologies to a huge number of people who sent in questions for Annalise. We got through as many of them as uh, we possibly could. But she joins us every Monday after half past 12, so she will be back with us uh, next week. But that's where I leave you for uh, today. Thanks to uh, John Paul uh, McNamara for taking your calls today. We are back with you tomorrow morning at at 10 o'clock Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon and Nick will play another round of Ken's Pure Cork Quiz so make sure you're tuned uh, talk to you tomorrow at 10 Cork Today on C103 with Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group for motor home business farm life and health insurance cmig.ie even on a budget 
Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 